Okay, just a minute. Before we go on, what are these lines flashing for? Did I say anybody should call us? Did I ask if anybody's upset that we're not carrying the hearings again? I mean, it's on WLRN, okay? If you're one of those pain-in-the-ass people who wants to hear the hearings, it's on pubic radio, WLRN, okay? So leave us alone, will you please? Look at that. All the lines in Broward are flashing. Do you think there's something going on that I don't know about? Wait a minute. Let me just do this. Hello? Yes, it is. What's the uh, favor, ma'am? What is it we can do for you? Now they're all flashing. Yes. You like a little bit more about what? Artego and Duarte. No, Duarte's right. He won the tenth race at Calder yesterday. Okay. Uh, hello. 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 Yeah. What do you want? You want to know what on your tacos? Mouse meat. Hello. Hello. Jose Jimenez. Adios, hasta luego. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah, this is, uh, we've got a whole cult of uh, crank callers already this morning. We haven't even started the show. And Fred Schatz isn't here yet. So, uh, you know, when in doubt. By the way, we gave you Baltsky Star. It called her yesterday. It only paid five bucks. But what are you complaining about, right? Now, we didn't know it was going to pour like that or that they'd take it off the grass, but that should make no difference. Of course not. That's no excuse. So you should be loaded. It sounds like most of them are loaded, as a matter of fact, this morning, but that's another story. This early in the morning, too. Uh, Fred Schatz is going to be our guest today, so the uh, rumor goes uh, to talk about sex. By the way, it's been rumored, speaking of rumors, that uh, we discuss nothing but sex and uh, perversion on this show. Isn't that disgusting? But uh, Fred Schatz is going to be here to talk about sex and perversion today, if he shows up. Now, you think maybe Fred, uh, something developed that Fred, uh, no? He'll be here, right? At 11? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you hear this? Now he tells me he's going to be here at 11 o'clock. Just moments ago, he said to me, I can't imagine... Why he isn't here yet. Now he says to me he's going to be here at 11 o'clock. Open his mic, will you please? Oh, yeah, because now we've got him on the defensive again. We've got him right where we want him now. He's, he's had it. The statement is still accurate. 
He's scheduled at 11, and I said, I can't imagine why he's not here. Oh, no. What's weird about no, that? No, you were expecting him at 10, just like I was. With bells on. Yeah, with bells on. See? <laughs> Boy, you know, and then, of course, when Fred's not here at 11, he'll say, oh, well, I booked him at noon. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I know it's a lot of work for you that we have, like, one guest every three weeks on this show. And it's probably <laughs> overwhelming you. Maybe we can uh, soften your workload a little bit. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're going to soften your workload on Saturdays, I'll tell you that, because uh, when the book comes out tomorrow, I'm going to announce on the air that I will no longer work Saturdays. I can't do it. You can't do it. No. Yeah. And I'm not going to go to our programming. You know, our program director doesn't speak to me anyway. He avoids me like the plague. He He's so afraid that no. I'm going to say something to him that'll He's, wound him. He speaks to you. Like, good morning, douchebag, or something like that, you know. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He just avoids me like uh, the bubonic plague. He does not. Yes, he does. He likes you. Well, that may be, but uh, from a distance, you know, from a safe distance. And uh, the six days a week, man, is too much because by the time, uh, you know, you get through with Saturday, it's Monday all over again. Well, I tried to warn them about this about a month or two ago. That, uh... Do you believe that he's got the gall to sit here, like, pretending that nothing's going on? He said to me just moments ago, he said, I can't understand why Fred isn't here yet. So? And then you come on like nothing happened at all. Oh, he's not going to be here till 11. You just make it up as you go along, No, don't there's you? nothing weird about that statement. And I didn't book him. You did. No, you as picked a matter of 11. Fact, I sat in your... No, wrong. I sat in your office on Friday when you called to remind the secretary, right? Right. Was, and you said 10 a.m. Monday. No. Yes. I didn't say any time. I didn't say any time. I just called up and said, uh, uh, you, just reminding and you. And I said to you, 10 o'clock, and you said yes. So what difference does it make? Now, this is starting to be like the um, Chris Sloan syndrome. No, it is. Yeah, <laughs> with guests uh, who don't show up and with the wrong <laughs> guest on the wrong show. And like when Ernie used to have four guests show up on the same day. <laughs> you don't care. And, of course, we all know what happened to Chris. Yeah, what did happen to Chris, by the way? No, I don't know what happened to him. I'll tell you in just a second. Oh, here it comes. Do you here, want to know what happened to him? Here comes the answer. Adios. <laughs> That's what happened to Chris. Hasta luego. Right. You're right. Now that yeah. I think about it, you are right. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, a nice guy. He never stole a freight train, but uh, he didn't like to work is basically the bottom line. Well, that's the difference between he was one of the He was my kind of person, you know, somebody who just likes to show up every day and uh, have a couple of meals and schmooze around and go home take a paycheck. Don't bother me with work. Those are our favorite employees. Does that remind you of anybody in this room? Adios. <laughs> but that's good because it gives me an opportunity. I mean, everybody in town has worked up to a frenzy, you know, and everybody ran out and they spent uh, 80 bucks to buy the New York Times yesterday. Well, some of us get it delivered to our home. Mm -hmm. And it was 3.30 in the morning, Sunday morning. It was at my house. Yeah. Wonderful newspaper, yeah. by the way. And just before I was going to bed at 6 a.m., uh, I went out. <laughs> well, listen. Um, you want to tell us about what was going on? No, at, I certainly don't. At your house at no, 3.30 I don't. in the morning? No, I certainly you don't. Watch the you the man, have to use your own imagination. You watched the man throw the newspaper. But it was pretty exciting. Anyway, uh, I went out <laughs> 6 o'clock in the morning, and I brought in the New York Times, and here's the Sunday magazine and the picture on the front cover, which, by the way, is not the Westinghouse ad picture, Lee... Lee told us uh, this morning, those 20 of us who were listening, <laughs> that this front cover is uh, the inaccurate picture. That's not the one, the Lee. One it's inside. the one inside. Yeah, yeah. Lee, well, he's... Question for you. Yeah. Question for you. Who's telling the truth? Poindexter or Reagan? Question for you. 
It did say in the paper, by the way, in fact, it's on page um, 19, 18 and 19. The uh, erroneous, well, it's, it, it is a picture. We can't say that, but it's not what it appears to be. Right. But most things in life are not what they appear to be. <laughs> but it said in the, uh, your favorite paper this morning that pollster Lou Harris was going to be Fowler's show, uh, guest this morning. Yeah, I'm upset that uh, Lou wasn't on. 11 o'clock. Oh, good, good, good. And then I he, just made that up. Oh, then he's going to be on. Like you did moments ago. <laughs> he's going to be on uh, Texas show tomorrow. But anyway, everybody's making a big to-do. This article... And and it's not, you know, it's not that there's so much wrong in it. There are a few uh, factual mistakes. But um, there's, you know, it's nothing. It's like rehashed, uh, warmed over, chipped beef on toast. You know what I'm saying? And it, it talks about Miami like it's a little tiny dot that's all, like, locked into itself. Like there's nothing else going on here. <laughs> really. Like there are 4 million people who live in Miami instead of in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach. Instead right. of, like, 400,000. Right. Foreigners who live in Miami. Yeah. And uh, it's much ado about nothing. And if the politicians here would have been smart, which they're not, they would have just ignored it. But they've made such a big fuss and to do about it. And Charlie Lighthead, for once, you know, every once like every year, Charlie writes something that makes sense. Which I guess if you write like 300 columns a year, one is going to make sense. And he, of course, uh, you know, says basically the same thing, that the article is correct. And what's everybody getting all bent out of shape about? It's nothing. It's the most superficial a uh, piece of mung that anybody could ever imagine. I read the whole thing twice to see if I was missing something, like, what's the big deal? Nothing. Didn't you have deja vu like you were reading that Time magazine? I have deja vu right now, like Chris Sloan is back uh, <laughs> booking my guests. <laughs> we Am I going to talk about Fred not being here anymore? What does that mean? Oh, you. Oh, he wants to know. In other words, if we're going to talk about the subject, he'll leave your mic on. If not, it's... Uh... Hasta luego. <laughs> <laughs> tell him to relax. He's not relaxed. Boy, I'll tell you, Saturday, he was uh, just apoplectic. I mean, he was going crazy up there in the last half hour of the show. Yeah? And it turned out that there were some people on the phone uh, who just... He just can't even begin. It said, you should have seen Stan... <laughs> I'm sorry, I missed all. Oh, this. by the way, speaking of Stan, I got a great. I got to talk about the Broward Mall because boy, did we give the audience. We gave them Baldsky Star and the Broward Mall. I should have seen when. Oh yeah, when Michael Talbot called. I was at my mother's having a wonderful oh, lunch. Oh God, that must have been. He was running around in circles. Oh, it must have been beyond belief. He was what? It, what was the word he used? He's um, shook up. Yeah, he was shook up. And then the news came, and he was still shook up. <laughs> and I told him, nobody even knows who Michael Talbot is, okay? I mean, it was so boring. He still shook up. And then he up. had the audacity to play it again. He He's... played it again, a 40-minute phone call, and I heard, he admitted to me yesterday that he played it again in the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, that's when I heard it. Now, let's it. stop and examine that, okay? 40 minutes times two is 80 minutes. That's an hour and 20 minutes. Now, when you're only working four hours and you have a phone call that goes 40 minutes and you play it twice, he's that's... No, he's no dummy. No. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, he's still beside himself. Still, today. Yeah, he's still shook up. How do you know that? He's not up yet. I know Stan. He sleeps real late. I just know Stan. Sleeps really. No, you think you know him. <laughs> you don't know him. Anyway, the Broward Mall yesterday, we were there, and it was, uh, well, I guess the rain had a lot to do with it. It puts everybody inside that otherwise would be outside. 
And I tell you something, nobody in their life has ever seen anything like what was in the Broward Mall yesterday. It was just loaded. Even the ugly people were good <laughs> at the Broward Mall yesterday. I mean, I have never in my life seen such a... Display. Display is exactly the word. See, he redeemed himself. Give him another 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> That's what we're going to do with you from now on. <laughs> well, I have to come up with uh, exactly. clever repartee. And, and for each good one, we'll give you another 30 seconds with your mic open. And for every, uh, you know, bonehead <laughs> remark, then we take away a minute. Was the display award-winning? It was beyond award-winning. And then uh, there was this table. They called me over. There were these three young people, two guys and this uh, young lady. Mm -hmm. And they called me over and they said, um, you were right. And I had brought them over there from the Galleria. How do you like that? You were right, as usual. As usual, we were right on target on this show. We told them the Broward Mall was where it was happening. And I'm going to tell you, if you're a people watcher or uh, just a pervert who wants to attack people in uh, wherever it is, yesterday at the Broward Mall, man, I'm going to tell you something. There were uh, on. It was like dying and going to heaven. It really was. Yeah, yeah. So all of you creeps out there who called last week about the Galleria, you're full of it. You're full of crap, okay? The Galleria is desolate. There's nobody there. You know, maybe a couple of silly queens running around somewhere in the Galleria. And that's about it. There is nobody there in the Galleria. Ghost town. Desolate. If you want to see where it's happening, the Broward Mall. Although Stan did make a good point yesterday, and of course it's about time. <laughs> uh, he made the point that if we get too carried away on the air, then all these pain in the ass, all the old people and a lot of these other folks will start running into the Broward Mall and jamming it all up. Possible. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. No. No, we don't want to... And as a matter of fact, we would like to be the only... The two only ugly people in the Broward Mall. <laughs> and uh, let's keep it that way. Did you go? You went to the food The food court? The patio the was mobbed. Court. Mobbed. Jam-packed. Yeah. And what did Stan eat? I'm afraid to ask. What happened with the food that comes in? Because I don't think we can play it on the air. Could be actionable. But when Fred comes here, then it's clinical. Sure. No, we didn't uh, eat anything, as a matter oh. of fact. I had a uh, fruit juice, if you pardon the expression. <laughs> and he had his usual Diet Coke. <laughs> Pretty exciting. And uh, that was it. Well, we didn't go there to eat. I understand. I understand. And you, you uh, did do what you so went So Fred's coming at noon, huh? 11 o'clock, as it's been scheduled for about a month and a half. 11 o'clock. you going to be Okay. <laughs> You're not upset. You could care less when he's here. You don't care. <laughs> He'll be here with all the perversion at 11. You'll be all right. Just relax. Take it easy. Hurry, Natasha, or we'll be late for meeting with fearless leader. But Boris, darling, my hair's a mess. Not to worry, Babushka Buns. I have secret solution right here. But this... That's right. Next time your hair sticks up like a pair of antlers, just reach into a can of Bullwinkle Moose. Again, Bullwinkle? Nothing up my sleeve. And presto. Hello, sweetheart. Whoops. Wrong can. Take it from Rocky. Your flyaway hair will love Bullwinkle Moose. Here, read this. Uh, what's this? The fan mail from some follicle? That's Bullwinkle Moose, the really stupid new hairstyling jelly, or the chocolate dessert that ate Frostbite Falls. We want to welcome uh, Jeff Gonzer back from vacation on Zeta. 
And uh, we also want to thank the people at Music to Go Video, and they'll be pleased to know that we passed along the two Jim Morrison posters to Mr. Gonzer this morning, because I told him no station in America deserves to have those more than Zeta. And we want to thank them for the petitions that they forwarded to us, that they had people sign for so far. Right. And we're going to send those all up to Washington this, this week. This week. Yeah. This is the week that was. Yeah. To Larry Smith. That's right. It's a good thing we don't send him to Claude Pepper. <laughs> because he's worried about the fairness doctrine. And, um, Claude Pepper, he's the epitome of what Florida's all about, isn't he? He's about 100 years old, senile, and... Uh, they you love know. him. They yeah, love no, him. but the, I'm just saying he epitomizes what's wrong with this state. They can't get enough of it. In him. fact, his picture should have been on the front cover of the New York Times magazine, <laughs> not this uh, police business with the busting the drugs. Claude Pepper should have been on the front. And it's just, come on, if there's a way that they could have printed it so that you could have read it that way, uh, then it would have been a much more accurate reflection of what the hell's wrong here. But it just astonishes me, man. These people get all, they have these emergency meetings, and they're going to really get even, you know. They're sending a letter to the editor of the damn New York Times. Well, that'll show them. Right. <laughs> that'll show them a thing or two. Isn't it amazing? By 9.30 yesterday morning, all the New York Timeses were sold out at newsstands from just Everywhere. coast to coast. A and that's what they did with all this publicity. You know? Exactly. At 2.50 a pop. Yeah, Joe's made a fortune yesterday. Yeah. He had 350 copies, Yeah, and by 9.30, they were sold out. Yeah, yeah, they had signs up. And the two other newsstands in South Florida probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what an intellectual thing. Like, every 30 miles. You know, it's like, it's like going on the turnpike, you know, where the uh, gas stations are on the turnpike. Like, every 30 to 45 miles is another gas station. It's the same with a newsstand. Like, every 30 miles, you'll find another one. Sufficient because there might be a couple of people who are That's interested all we in need. reading. Yeah, more. We have more than. And enough. of course, there's some parts of town where you won't find any, because nobody who lives there can read anyway. <laughs> it's true. So what do you have to say for yourself about what? About being such a douchebag. About about screwing up your one lousy guess. I didn't screw up anything. Nothing. This he was scheduled. You asked, go, you went at 11. So that's when I booked so that them. This morning, and I said, um, <laughs> said um, you know, where is Fred? 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 Fred. When you came in here, as a matter of fact, at three and a half minutes after 10. <laughs> I didn't just say he's not booked till 11 o'clock. It was right in front the of you. Mr. Agreeable, of course, he said, oh, I can't understand it either. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe he'll walk in at the last minute. He's famous for doing that. It was written in huge letters. But you didn't respond in any way that indicated to me. I said, all right, call up, uh, get Lyman on the phone in Washington. Let's get Arthur Lyman on the phone. He's busy. Uh, we don't have time for him to question Admiral Poindexter. We want to have him put you on the witness stand and grill you for the rest of the hour. You're perfectly capable of doing that yourself. 27 after 10 at WINZ, we profusely apologize to the audience, all of whom were expecting Fred to be here with his sex talk at 10 o'clock. But, uh, you know, when you're dealing with incompetence, that's what happens. <laughs> this is Neil Rogers. I'm a girl, and I shave. And, well, you know how we shave. But sometimes I have to tackle a Madonna-sized job. The Lady Madonna Shaver. The Lady Madonna Shaver works like a power rake to remove unwanted hair with three settings. Silk, shag, or the extra effective bone crusher. 
Thanks, Lady Madonna Shaver. Use according to directions, please. By the way, we had a new um, entry in the Winds Kakaloff. Did you hear it on Saturday? We had a brand new entry. From Back to the Future. I did Excellent. hear it. Very yeah. good. Are you going to play that? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you said Saturday. Everybody and his brother has, you know, an imitation of the Glen Hill laugh. So what does that tell you? tells me they're laughing at you all over town. <laughs> That's exactly what it tells me. What do you think? Did you think it sounded like me or not? That was pretty Anyway, pretty this New York Times Magazine thing. <laughs> now, these are important questions. Is this news to anybody? A city beset by drugs and violence? Sounds like I mean, there are so many of these animals, and that's exactly what they are, by the way. Animals on the streets peddling. It's like a supermarket. Everywhere. Certain parts of town, yeah. All over town. Mm -hmm. Animals, barbarians, subhumans. They don't deserve to be alive. And, of course, there are some people who will perceive that as being a, a racial remark, and so be it. I don't really care whether you like it or not, because it's true. Sure. It's home. And the excuse, the, no, it does hit home. And the excuse always is, well, you know, uh, somebody else is putting them up to it. Who? But isn't it interesting, though, that there always are people willing to make a fast, easy buck instead of going out and getting an honest job? Sure. And I'm telling you, man, this town is just loaded, loaded with animals who are out there peddling this crap. I agree. I agree. I don't really care whether you agree or not, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't think, is there anybody who cares whether, no. <laughs> I don't care whether you agree or not. Well, but you're scrambling, and you ought to be scrambling. I'd be scrambling, too, if I had such a uh, cush job, such an <laughs> easy job, with two talk shows that rarely have any guests at all. Now, let's see, Alabrera's going to be on with Stan tomorrow, right? Yeah. Now, what time is that going to be, about 7 o'clock? 2 o'clock. Because he's got Eastern Daylight Time. That's right, because he's, he has to leave here at 3 because he's got to go get in the plane. Oh, yeah, he's got to get in the blimp. Yeah. He's got to get in the winds, uh, jet blimp. You know, if you lost five pounds a week, I want you to stop and think about this. Speaking of blimps, the word blimp suddenly triggers I, I wonder. No, what. stop and think about it. Now, most fat people, we want to lose like 20 pounds a week or some impossible number. But if you lost five pounds a week in a year, that's 260 pounds, which is more than I weigh. That's right. It is. You don't want to lose 260 pounds. No. But if you lost five pounds a week for 13 weeks... That's it. That's all you need. Is 65 pounds. Yeah, 20 pounds a month. Right? Pretty simple, I think. I do, too. The only way to do it, though, is to stay away from Stan Major. He's a bad influence. I was doing so well. Those tasty Until cakes. Until yesterday. No, right. not tasty cakes. Spaghetti Intamins again. Spaghetti. Ah, oh, man. That Over guy... at DeSalvo's again. I mean, the food is great, but I'm telling you, I can't eat it. And the man doesn't understand. He refuses to understand. He'll and eat. I want you to remember, it's not important in life that you succeed, but that your friends fail. <laughs> That's the most important thing in life. Well, I'll remember that. Is watching your friends fail because misery loves company. Yeah. So, like, if the book comes out tomorrow and I get, like, a two-share or something, there'll be a lot of people I know in this business who will think, boy, that's great. Yeah, they'll say, see what we predicted all along, that it, this is just a flash in the pan, that uh, the ratings are just a, you know, just a fluke. A fluke. Yeah. It's all because of Hallandale. And Sonny Rosenberg and R.J. Intendola. It was all just a fluke in February. Now, your ratings have been up for 11 and a half years. You had great ratings at night. Phenomenal ratings. But it doesn't night. make any difference. You come on <clears> midday. In fact, after tomorrow, after the big flurry, when we get the numbers off the computer, 
And, uh, you know, on one side of the building, they'll be running around in joy. And on the other side of the building, they'll be running around, you know, trying to pierce themselves with sharp instruments. Uh, what does it mean, you know, when you come right down to it? And I've been saying that consistently. These people who say, well, he's uh, bragging too much and all this about the ratings. It doesn't make any difference. It doesn't? Something to talk about, but it, it doesn't make any difference. It really doesn't. I mean, I still have to even work on Saturday. Yeah. People who've got, like, twos in the last book. Do they work on Saturday? Not a one. No way, them. Jose. Not a one. Only Alice works, and he only works three hours every uh, three out of four Saturdays. Even he gets one out of four Saturdays off. That's right. Nobody works Saturday. No. Sunday. Nobody in their right mind. Ricky Tiki works Saturday. Ricky uh, Tiki's on tape. On trust tape, me, all the time. I know it's constantly. On tape. Even when he's live, he's on tape. <laughs> he's regressing, folks. No, he's I'm not. Breaking into no, it again. I'm not. And what did they do to deserve this on a Monday morning? By the way, that's probably what people in my audience are asking themselves. What did? It, what is it that we did to deserve this so early in the week? <laughs> But I will say this, my mother likes you on the air. Now, what does that tell you? Well, she's got terrible taste. <laughs> she knows nothing about this business. I mean, she has a lot of wisdom in other areas, but when it comes to... As a matter of fact, I listen to my mother the same way I listen to our program director. <laughs> Whatever she tells me, I do the opposite, and it works out great. So far, knock on wood, man. <laughs> works like magic. In fact, my mother probably ought to get into radio programming. She'd be great. Because she knows the opposite of everything that's going to work. Boy, I can just see her in that office, in the PD's office. Yeah. At least the food around here would be better anyway. <laughs> would all get fed. True. Everybody would get fed. They'd have 18-course <laughs> lunches. She cut down yesterday, though, or Saturday. Only had a 17-course lunch. Oh. We're well, cutting back. Engineering department would vote for her to come in here, I guarantee Probably, you. Probably, yeah. yeah. Max Headroom would love the food, boy. Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> talking about your future at another station in the market <laughs> yeah which one well when the book comes out tomorrow then you'll be able to do some shopping you'll have like kind of a shopping list all the ones that are dying in fact you may not have to go too far <laughs> you may have to just walk up to the other end of the building oh speaking of the other end of the building well this is kind of in the middle of the building do you remember uh joanna oh I hate to bring this up. Oh, boy. I hate to bring it up, ladies and gentlemen. Well, she won't hear it. No. Well, I take back everything good that I said about her on whatever day that was that she was in here. I take it all back. Sure. She, I, wouldn't you have thought that she would have learned a lesson? I thought we had taught her. And we tried to be jovial about it and have a good time instead of, you know, putting her out on the uh, tower number two and hanging her out there for committing the cardinal sin. That's right. I thought we were really neat about it. And uh, you're exactly right. I mean... Well, do you want to tell the story? I mean, I don't have three and a half hours to kill before you tell the story today. We can't. We have a okay. guest coming. Uh, Allegedly at 11 o'clock, Pacific Coast uh, Daylight post circus time. time. Yeah. I walked up to the uh, receptionist's desk on Friday, and she was sitting there listening to WGTR, a direct competitor of Zeta. And I went up and I said, why are you listening to WGTR? This is after all that we yeah. went through Thursday. And she said, oh, that's Zeta. I said, they just gave the call letters. It's WGTR. You know what I would have said to her? Yeah, but say it anyway. Adios. <laughs> I have doubts about yeah. people who 
I think she's going to be... Where did she say she used to work at some school station? Yeah. I think she's going to be back there pretty soon. She really tried to impress us by mm -hmm. telling us that she was on WKPX or whatever it is. KPR. KPR. That high school radio station. She thought we were going to be real impressed when there she There she left. is. She's really pissed about this now. She's foaming at the mouth about you. He's right, though, this time. I'm not taking your side. I'm not taking up for you anymore. I mean, we thought we taught you the lesson last week, but um, forget it. Right? I thought we had uh, been very gentle. I mean, uh, I think now she's going to have to spend a week with Stan. Perfect. At his plantation pad. The perfect punishment. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what the only thing that Stan would really do is he would uh, tie her down to the sofa and play the recording of the frogs <laughs> over and over and over again for hours. That's all he would do. Maybe that'll teach her. Now, wait a minute. Who is that that just stuck his head in the Well, door? that's our new uh, Miguel, our new runner. Miguel? Yeah. Miguel? I think that's his name. Who sent him over here? The Herald? <laughs> Isn't that his name, Miguel? I think that's his no, name. No, I don't think so. Today's... Nobody knows for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the spy from Lee Fowler. Uh-huh. There he is. Great. Okay, we know Lee sent you over here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we're easy to get along with. We don't wor we're not paranoid. We don't worry about spies. Anything we've got, you know, you can have it. That's right. <laughs> Starting right over here, especially. <laughs> Lee can have him any day of the week. He doesn't want you, though. Because you don't talk loud enough. you got to talk right. real loud when to be on with Lee. And to get in on the fun, get in on the action. We have a full menu. Question for you. Would you drive your car from Miami to New York with $2.5 million worth of cocaine in the trunk? Would you do it? Get in on the action. Get in on the fun on a Lee Fowler show. Thunder things again this afternoon. Watch out for those thunder things. Okay, give him another 40 seconds. We're giving you all... See, I'm we'll gonna add go, this all up. I'm going to go get the mail and get Fred. I'm going to go get Fred. Well, what makes me. you think that Fred is here? He's not booked till 1 o'clock. <laughs> boy, oh boy. You know, this, uh, you know, it just turns your whole system upside down. I didn't even want to come in here this morning anyway. I thought it was Sunday. I thought this was the beginning of my weekend. And then I come in here and I sit down and uh, all of a surprise, you thought you had a guest at 10 o'clock, right? Wrong. And so now you have to kill an hour all by yourself. And that's uh, not easy to do, man. I'm telling you, it's really difficult. As you can see, we're only uh, 40 minutes into the hour. We still have, like, about 18 minutes to go. Maybe Mike Wolf would like to do 15 minutes of headlines. Or we could bring in, uh, what's her name, Chatterbox, to laugh for about 10 minutes, right? To embarrass and degrade and debase Guy Gannett Broadcasting. But we won't do that because we only allow that between 6 and 7 p.m. We figure most of the people are, you know, eating dinner at that hour anyway. And we've never had a number in that hour anyway, right? So why should we change now? With all the success that we've been having lately, we don't want to overdo it. We want to give everybody else an opportunity, which is why we do that embarrassing, degrading, debasing, subhuman hour between 6 and 7. You do understand that Mike Wolf, who's a good guy, Mike has to go through therapy every evening when he leaves here at 7 o'clock. He goes right to his shrink before he goes out into the woods again. Unreal. Anyway, now that um, walking death has uh, vacated the room for a few minutes... I can get back into this article again by Robert Sherrill. 
And if you read it, and I'm sure a lot of you have, well, some of you, I don't want to say a lot of you have, because a lot of you didn't get the New York Times. There just weren't that many copies around town. But all of this crap about the Beacon Council and all of these other uh, self-appointed experts who know what's uh, right with the town, and uh, here's this disgusting, revolting picture of these uh, old right-wing Cuban farts, you know, with their tubas and their flags, and the, the Cubans were the first freedom fighters. This disgusting sign. Uh, and, you know, all the business about bilingualism. Is this something brand new? Is this something we don't already know? And about all the drug money in the banks? And as a matter of fact, the guy is probably, as I read this, I thought he was being a little bit kind. He understated the fact. And the last part of the article, really, he quotes uh, everybody who's got something positive to say. Although there are a couple of paragraphs. Now he says, Miami where voodoo is practiced by many. Now that line is a little bit peculiar. I mean, if, if more than two is many. I guess that's true. I mean, we other than the politicians, we don't have a lot of people who do voodoo. And, of course, Stan's audience who have their little Stan Major voodoo dolls. But basically, that's about it. I should have known that we weren't going to get very much of a reprieve because now, look at that. What is that all about? That seems to be a voluminous amount of mail. We should make Major come in when we get mail call every day because he gets so upset. He's so paranoid about this mountain of mail that comes in for this show every day. Of course, most of it is garbage. Here's Plain Truth magazine. Herbert W. Armstrong, we get mail from dead people on this show. It's true. Pharos Books, P-H-A-R-O-S, that sounds like something uh, very sexual, no question about it. Just bet a horse at 20 to 1. He came in at 115. Very cute. Is that cute or what? Wait a minute. This is from Phil Saltzman. So it says at Calder Racetrack. It's on a Calder postcard. Heard that when Glenn Hill was young, he wasn't allowed to play with the neighborhood kids, so he played with himself. <laughs> Stan Major is a walking ad for Maalox. <laughs> I think this really is from Phil Saltzman. I can't, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Here's another one. Call is this call. another card from Calder? Yeah. Oh, but this is different handwriting. Yeah. Started out for Belmont, but Delta landed here at Calder. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, these are not from Phil. Another one from Calder. No. Oh, where is this one from? Oh, it's got a picture of Billy Graham with Jim and Tammy Faye. You're there. I'm here. Who cares? <laughs> this is from Oakland, California. Heard FM KZAP in Sacramento. KYUU in San Francisco. Call me about visiting W-I-N-Z, Wendy. What? We're getting incoherent mail. We started out the show, I said, down. we had all those incoherent calls off the air. Now we're getting incoherent mail. This one ought to be good. This is from another lunatic over on the beach. I should read his letters on the air. Lord Jehovah, Omega, Shiva, Christ, and all the gods travels in a gray disc full of lights. Oh, boy. This is from um, our good friend, Tom Basoka. Angels of Different Mansions, Miami Beach. Well, we're just loaded with stuff. Then here's another letter from Oakland, California, from Shell Myman, which goes unopened into the wastebasket. <laughs> the old, uh, things are not good. That uh, incredible character that used to just uh, devastate talk shows from coast to coast in Florida. 
Boy, if the mail and the callers are that good so far, you can just imagine what the rest of the week is going to be like, right? <laughs> now, tomorrow I'm doing my whole show on the Broward Mall. Oh, my mail. Now, tomorrow we got the book coming out. What, this is it? Yeah, this is all mine. What is all this? Boone in the Box. Oh, Boone in the Box is starting in again. Let me see. Did we get any uh, considerable amount? Well, that's not too bad. Not too great. And you know why it's not too great, don't you? I don't want to start in that business like I did a week ago today about certain individuals in the building driving away the whole audience, but it's going to be a while before they come back. Oh. Yeah. Oh, is the best that he can contribute to that. You were one of the conspirators in that. You were part of the conspiracy to put that uh, hearing crap on the air. Not my department. Absolutely, your department. Absolutely, <laughs> as somebody I know would say in the business. Now, this is interesting. Here's a stamped self-addressed envelope, and it says um, nothing. Oh, I see. Boone in the box. Okay. <laughs> Milford Aircraft Parts in Miami. Maybe they want to send a picture to the Sandinistas. That would, uh, that would get them. What is that? Look at the address. Lori Sheffield, the Toffee McCallum Show. Why don't you just throw all this junk out, huh? Why don't you just go in the mailbox every day and throw it all in the wastebasket? I mean, all of it. That boon in the boxes. And it also says on the screen that you have calls. Call waiting. This man has given new meaning to the expression call waiting. Most people think that call waiting means that when you have one call, that uh, you hear the little beep that indicates you have another one. Call waiting, in his case, means... That when everybody tries to call to do any business in this radio station, he's in here muscling in <clears throat> on every show on the air. Oh, he's muscling in. Next thing you know, he'll be muscling in on Marshall Moore's show. The Catholic Nostalgia Game. Excellent. Oh, is that a game or is that just a uh, an ad for it? I don't know. Is the Pope Catholic? And look who it's addressed to. I think there may be some symbolism in this morning's mail, ladies and gentlemen. It's addressed to Chris Sloan, care of the Neil Rogers Show. Hasta luego. <laughs> they haven't played the hysterical new board game. Is the Pope Catholic, <laughs> created by two Catholic psychotherapists. They gave us such productions as Sister Mary Ignatius, Nonsense, and Patent Leather Shoes. This is pretty exciting. Right in the wastebasket. <laughs> no good mail today, folks. Don't let them kid you. It's just uh, more obfuscation. It's just another smokescreen. Here's a postcard in a letter. <laughs> Hi, Neil. I'm watching you. See you in September. Love, John Paul. And look, at there he is. <laughs> There's one of those pictures of the Pope with his, uh, you know, the ring around the eyes, which is okay. But, you know, when a priest has ring around the collar, then he's in big trouble. <laughs> Here's one addressed K-N-E-E-L. This ought to be good. Another one with the Pope. Man, the Pope people are coming out of the closet now. They're in, going crazy. And look at that. The bird of paradise is dropping little things on the Pope's forehead in this picture. Can you believe that? Love, Johnny, it says. Isn't that cute? May the bird of paradise... But you, but you notice, at least the bird is nice enough. He's not dropping it on the Pope's beanie because he doesn't want to further infuri infuriate the Jews in South Florida. So uh, at least he's going to keep his beanie clean. In fact, there's going to be a concession. Maybe they can wash the Pope's beanie when he comes here. You know, like they come up to you at the intersection, they want to wash your windows. Mr. Prowler. 
serious. Here's a letter. Oh, no, that's the guy's real name, Mr. Prowler. A letter uh, from the FCC. Uh-oh. The commission appreciates the First Amendment rights of broadcasters. However, the commission's recent action restricting indecent broadcasts to times when there is not a reasonable risk that children may be in the audience is a reasonable time, place, and manner restriction that is permissible under the First Amendment. This is from Edith Wise, chief of the Complaints and Investigations Branch, Enforcements Division, Mass Media Bureau of the FCC in Washington, D.C. Pretty exciting. Ten minutes before 11 at WINZ. Let's take our last break of the hour, and when we come back, we'll see if we can't uh, really set the stage, can't get the audience whipped up into a frenzy. And, of course, if there's anybody who was at the Broward Mall yesterday, they're probably still in a frenzy. This is Austin Burke, Jr. At Austin Burke's, we take pride in the way you look. When you look good, you feel good. See what a smooth collar looks like. See what a clean seat feels like. Nobody likes a baggy pair of trousers or a vent that spreads beyond its normal means. For over 40 years, this is the tradition that Austin Burke's been built around. Let us tailor a fine-quality single or double-breasted suit for you in a selection of colors and fabrics that are second to none. We feature sport coats and slacks and a variety of lightweight blends and silks that are perfect for the South Florida lifestyle. No matter what size, we fit every man from 27 to 74 with the special effort that's made Austin Burke number one. So take yourself to 2601 Northwest 6th Avenue facing I-95. We're open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 530. Call 576-2714 for directions. Remember, at Austin Burks, we won't let you wear it unless it fits. Come in and register to win a trip to the Bahamas. No purchase necessary. Hey, South Miami, here's your chance. You've been hearing me rave about some of the great delis in North Dade and Broward. Well, now there's lots of Lox Deli at the corner of US 1 and 152nd Street in the Coral Reef Shopping Center. At lots of Lox, you'll find a potpourri of delicious deli delights like their Philadelphia-styled sandwiches including the Skyscraper Club, stuffed with turkey, bacon, ham, cheese, tomato, and lettuce. In the fish platter department, choose from Nova, Lox, Chub, Kippered Salmon, Sable, Whitefish, or Sturgeon, all hand-selected by the owner. And for breakfast, try any style of Lots of Lox's omelets, always cooked with three eggs and stuffed to the max. You'll find Lots of Lox at the corner of 152nd Street and US 1 in South Miami. And for your convenience, they're open every day, seven days a week from 7.30 in the morning until 4 p.m. You tell Henry that Neil Rogers sent you by for great deli anytime to Lots of Lox. 10.52 at WINZ, our sex and perversion man, Fred Schatz, is going to be here at 11 o'clock, allegedly. Is that a.m. or p.m.? <laughs> now, I do want to say this. The Boone in the Box mail today is rather light. I started plugging that again on a Friday, and I would have thought that uh, with a couple of plugs, we would have had uh, a mailbox full of Boone in the Box. And, of course, there are a lot of people in the audience who probably weren't even listening during the period when that was uh, hot. It's not hot anymore, is it? Call up Robin Carter and see if it's hot. It's not. It's not hot? No. Well, you watch. You watch. See, you're hoping that it's not hot because you don't <laughs> want right. to have to go through that business of stuffing all those envelopes. I don't do it. There's anybody still living in Dade, Broward, or Palm Beach, the Boones, Pat and Debbie. I wonder if there's something incestuous about that. Uh, they're going to be visiting. They're going to be appearing at uh, Sunrise Musical Theater in August in the production of, what is it, Sound of Music or something? It's something. Something like that. Something boring. And uh, we want to make sure that everybody in South Florida, all four million people, have a copy of the Boone in the Box picture, which is a picture of Pat from his early days.
like what would you say was about 18, 20, old enough to know better. It's like the 50s. Uh, sticking something through a cardboard box. I don't want. I don't want to say what. When Fred Schatz gets here, we can say what. Something small. Something small through a cardboard box. I mean, very small. In fact, frighteningly small. Which explains why Pat's voice occasionally gets so high. It's uh, really tiny. I mean, some of us, when we were young, had pet dogs named Tiny. <laughs> uh, but anyway, if you'd like your very own copy, you don't want to be left out. Please, we want to see a torrent of mail. We want to get the momentum back that we had before I went on vacation, before these fakers in here screwed up my whole audience and took away all the momentum from this show. And if you'd like your very own copy, all you have to do is send us a stamped self-addressed envelope. No, I'll tell you what. Screw that. No. Don't even send the stamp self-addressed envelope. Just send us your name and address. You can't do that. On a, I can do that. This, no, I'm not going to get you into trouble. This company's got a lot of money. I know that. And it's about time they started spreading it around. The post office is in trouble. they got to raise the rates for postage. <laughs> They're threatening to go on strike. They're having a nervous breakdown. The least we can do to accommodate them is to start subsidizing the U.S. Postal Service a little bit better. Right? <laughs> right. So just send us your name and address. You don't even have to put in the stamped envelope. And we'll use our own... We'll use those old 95 INZ envelopes that they refuse... Do you know, this is an interesting story, okay? This company has no gripes coming when we do this kind of thing. It's not like we have a shortage of envelopes. We have 7,400,006 envelopes that say 95INZ, and I imagine a couple of letterheads along with them, too, right? Let me use them. And they won't let us use them because the embarrassment factor is too great. Well, there is no more 95INZ. It's now, of course, Zeta 94.98236. And um, if you can remember all those numbers, see, that's the problem. They have a few listeners, but they can't remember all of those numbers so they can write it down <laughs> in the appropriate book. I love those stations that every rating period, you know, write it down. Write it, I mean, that's, that is so crass and so disgusting. Do you think that anybody out there writes it down because somebody on the air says write it down? Of course not. And it sounds like hell. It is so... It comes across so bad. But, of course, if you are listening to WINZ 940 on your AM <laughs> dial, write it down. But anyway, the address, postcards, letters, will be delighted to send you all you want. Boone in the box. Care of Neil Rogers, WINZ, Miami.